0: Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Jack.
1: So this is the end. I better make my will. I, Will Williams, do hereby leave everything to my podcast. Oh no, I have a podcast, The Second Sign of Madness this that's isn't funny. really a quote-based no movie, no that but was good that was good moment and it felt apropos to this our second proper zoom record yes which mm-hmm. does feel like its own form of badness
2: it does and this movie feels like its own form of madness so it's just an absolutely vital combo in my opinion
1: It is uh, funny, the term I keep on overusing throughout all these George Miller episodes is fever dream. All of these movies feel like fever dreams, whether they're good dreams or bad dreams. They all have that uh, quality to them. And most of this miniseries was uh, recorded before the world shut down. Uh, And it was just sort of an interesting look into uh, a a type of mania. And then uh, we're finishing out these final episodes uh, while socially distant, uh, yes. and terrified about the world surrounding us. And these movies play uh, very differently. Even yeah. one that seems somewhat innocuous on its face, like Happy Feet 2, mm. uh, now makes me question everything.
3: I fled New York because of this movie.
1: It was this you movie this specifically? Movie,
3: yep. And yep. Then I, got had in to, car I had to and get out
1: mm-hmm. as far away as you could. <laughs> I'm picturing Ben watching Happy Feet 2 and then loading Pig and his significant other into a car and then enacting like the Children of Men van scene.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Just <laughs> screaming about Eric and Sven, the false idol penguin.
2: Oh, Sven, so right. that puffin. You got to watch out for those puffins.
1: Uh, Rubes, what do you think of Am the puffins? Am I allowed to talk? I don't know. Yeah, you, you can love, talk. You got to <laughs> talk. He yes. Absolutely. Must. Oh,
4: okay. So that's what you do in these. All right. I had never seen a picture of George Miller before this. I don't know what that says about me. And let me say, wonderful small glasses.
1: Yeah, and he always has the little the little rope around he, his glasses. He has what the rope.
2: I, I, I don't remember, but he looks like the guy who tells, like, Brendan Fraser not to raid a tomb in The Mummy. or You know, like, he's the guy in the library who's like, well, uh, you know, the, the, the evil curse, if I consult my textbooks. You know, he looks like that guy. Like, he's in Act he, 1 of The Mummy.
1: He is currently my background photo for this Zoom record. It is him doing Happy Feet 2 press. So it's him sitting in front of a backdrop of Happy Feet 2 imagery. Yeah. And uh, he is dressed uh, all in black and white, except for a bow tie with his little penguin vibe. He
4: looks like a penguin. He has his
1: round professor glasses and the rope around them. And they are just two penguins popping and smiling big behind him. Uh, I don't know Still if you know this, uh, uh, Rubes, but uh, George Miller, an actual doctor with a PhD, was a medical doctor.
4: I mean, I would trust him with my life. He took yeah. me on a wonderful adventure in happy feet too. So I feel like I'd trust him.
1: Uh, this movie also feels like it is made by like an animal biologist.
4: I don't like how realistic they are. I don't want to start out negative. I don't want to set the, I don't want to set like a negative tone. But I have to say, the realism of these penguins is very upsetting.
1: I I got two questions right off the bat, and then I'm gonna introduce the podcast, and sure, then I'm sure. introduce Please you do. properly. <laughs> okay. Question number one: Had you seen Happy Feet One before?
4: I have seen Happy Feet One once, um, okay. and I recall that it was it. it I I didn't mind wa- watching it. I didn't mm-hmm. mind seeing it. I remember that it was very scary with like the sea lions.
1: But but you had not seen Happy Feet Two before preparing for this record, correct?
4: I had not, uh, you know, I had not experienced Happy Feet 2.
1: Okay, so now we're in a post-Happy Feet 2 mindset. Hello, everybody. My name is Griffin Neumann.
2: I'm David Sims.
1: It's a blank check with Griffin and David. It is a self-quarantined, socially distant, responsible podcast about filmographies. Directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are giving a series of blank checks. To make whatever whatever crazy passion projects they want, and sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they tap a tap a tap it, tap a tap it, tap, tap, tap a tap a baby. And this is a mini series on the films of George Miller, Dr. George Miller, PhD. Uh, it is called.
2: You keep saying PhD. He has an MD, not a PhD.
1: Okay, Dr. George Miller, MD. <laughs> This was the second and final film produced by his pop-up animation studio, Dr. D Productions, which shut down (laughs) promptly after opening weekend of Happy Feet 2. He tried to give the world the D, and they said, please, no more. Uh, This is a, a Mad Pod Fury cast, the films of George Miller, M.D. We're talking Happy Feet 2, and our guest today from BuzzFeed, and from being... One of my oldest friends and Aww. one of my favorite people in the world I'll is st- Sarah Rubin. How are you doing, Rubes. Uh
4: You know, I'm okay. No, that noise—that I mean, not... noise
2: covered it. I think <laughs> that was—that's uh, how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. you know, yeah. assembling yeah. my thoughts just constantly, but you know,
1: yeah. uh, our our dear mutual friend Alejandra Colini, uh, past and future guest. Uh, Had a joke that I think about all the time. Still has the joke. It's still his. He still owns the joke. Uh, But about when people would ask him how he was doing. And his his answer would be uh, objectively fine. (laughs) (laughs) And I keep on thinking about that. Like anytime anyone asks me how I'm doing amid uh, Corona panic. I go like, well, I am doing okay relative to the state of the world, but I don't feel good. No. It's not a good feeling time. No. But uh, Ruben, you live in sunny Hollywood, California. You're gonna come in to New York City for Passover, and then the world paused. And so uh we are breaking our anti-Zo embargo uh just in time to take advantage of uh, your thoughts on Happy
4: Feet 2. Th- I took notes. I took this very seriously. I've got graphs. If someone
2: watched this movie and was like, I have no thoughts, I would just be like, I don't think you watched the movie. You must have watched something else.
4: <laughs> you were just watching March of the Penguins. Sure.
1: Right, exactly. I was somewhat concerned, and I don't know if you felt this way, David, but I was somewhat concerned that this was going to be the one movie in George Miller's filmography that didn't really exist where we were going to have to sort of vamp and come up with weird side bits because there wasn't much to say, especially after happy feet. And I am so pleasantly surprised that this movie is so dense that I almost feel like we cannot cover it within one episode.
2: I, I know what you mean. We could probably do 10 part miniseries on it. Um, I felt the same way And then while I was watching it, I was like, why did I feel that way? And I texted you something that I feel like we need to bring out into the open immediately. Would you agree? Sure. Where I was like, he's the king of sequels. He has made so many sequels that are better than the original and weirder than the original.
1: Or at least... Arguably. Deserve to be in the same conversation. Exactly. You go big to... The three Mad Maxes, the heightening of the Mad Maxes, and how yeah.
2: to two. He's made five sequels. They're all fascinating, and they are none yeah. none of them are lazy. Like none of them are like, yeah, well, we'll just do what the first thing did. We'll kind of build on a little bit. Like none of them are that. He's always like, no, 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 no. Where where can I take it that no one would expect it to be taken?
1: that was my thing my media take to you
4: I thought it would be the same arc as the first one same. like to say i would be owned oh, the baby can't sing or can't dance or can't do the well, electric roller right. or the something the first 2
2: minutes <laughs> Where it's like, oh, he can't dance. I'm like, oh, great. So now he can't dance. It's just going to be the same plot in reverse. Like
1: This movie is so fucking sneaky because it tries to outsmart you in the first five right. minutes. It's like fucking John Turturro in Mr. Deeds. It's incredibly sneaky. <laughs> it starts D. off and you're just like banging your head against a wall. And you're like, is it really going to be now his kid is the only person who can't dance because everyone likes dancing and his right. kid looks exactly like him and how he looks like his dad. And then the movie becomes the Nashville of children's films. (laughs) Then it becomes the most complicated (laughs) narrative structure I have ever seen on a children's film (laughs) that feels like it's completely disjointed until it somehow all unifies and becomes representational of the basic sort of like ecosystem of like all animals relationship to each other and the environment in the environment
2: in, in a, in a time of climate apocalypse, it's about how like, right. Animals are all knitted in this sort of gossamer net that must be maintained to like keep up social order. And that's all like driven through our heads by these krill who are like Ah, But I don't like my position in society. I don't like my position in existence. What if I could change it? And by the end of the movie, they're like, this is why you are where you are. And it's yeah. a good thing.
4: Don't and speak And that doesn't up. mean you're meaningless. Know your place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, no, but you're right. Is little, but it's also like, but that doesn't mean you don't have meaning. It's just how it has to be.
4: Status quo is the most important thing. And <laughs> you should never step outside of it.
2: It's a fair. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, but that doesn't mean you're not a person.
3: It's also about hippies eating chicken. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, this film's about many, many things. But what's so fascinating about that message is the first Happy Feet is the exact opposite message in almost a too clean kind of pat way, where it's just about, like, let your freak flag fly. Society, religion, your political leaders, they're all going to say you need to function this one way. And that's not true. Your heart song is whatever you want it to be. It doesn't even need to be a song. And then Happy Feet 2 is like, but understand, you need to find yourself (laughs) and find your happiness, but also society collapses unless we all play our roles. So you be you, but also we all have parts to play or else this all falls to hell.
2: (laughs) That is all accurate. That's what this is about.
1: (laughs) And this is the fucking Miller King of the sequels thing is like the movie starts and you're like, he's just doing the same thing again. But the reason he's so good at sequels is because he is one of the few people who thinks about sequels laterally. This is my whole take that he doesn't just go like, what's the next obvious story in the narrative? Like what would happen next? And he doesn't just go, how do you make it bigger? Or how do you flip the last thing? Or how do you heighten the last thing? He goes like, "What's a lateral move? What's a what's a, a a thing that exists on the same lateral plane as the first film I've established in the world I've established that I find equally interesting?" And I'm just going to move sideways to that, which sometimes works wildly well in the eyes of the public, and sometimes does not at all. And something like Babe, Pig in the City, where people were angry when it came out this movie it just feels like got a collective shrug big shrug
2: big shrug. (laughs) and
1: especially for a movie where like the first one wins best animated film critics love it it's a massive fucking hit i felt like you know what that first one not for me i seem to like it less than most define whatever it is i'm fine (laughs) with it it's respectable but it's not necessarily my tempo And then this movie just gets like a a giant shrug. I don't think about it for the better part of a decade. I don't even consider watching it until this miniseries starts up. And five minutes in, I was like, God damn it, this thing honks.
2: Right. There's something, there's something working here.
1: Didn't the
4: first one come out like around the same time as March of the Penguins? Or was there another Penguin movie?
1: Correct. The first one comes out, I believe, a year after March of the Penguins. It was incredible timing. Penguin fever. Yeah, but it was pure happenstance because animated films take so goddamn long. No one thought March of the Penguins was going to be a fucking blockbuster. It's a redubbed French documentary. (laughs) And somehow the same studio releases that movie pretty much a year and change before this, the first Happy Feet, comes out. And that, like, Happy Feet just fucking leapfrogs off of March of the Penguins, rides the penguin wave, is such a big hit that they're like, George Miller, keep your studio open. You're never going to stop making animated films. Keep a staff on retainer. Give us Happy Feet 2 as quick as you can. And he's like, I really want to make that Mad Max movie. And they're like, yeah, 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 Mad Max movie. He's like putting all
4: the penguin statues away, taking them back out again.
1: yeah. <laughs> but it was one of those things where they were like, we promise you, if you make Happy Feet 2, we'll let you do the Mad Max thing. And yeah. so they're like, kind of like a parcel deal, it feels like.
2: Yeah, so though there is also Justice League in between these two movies. Right. Uh, in, after Happy Feet, he's hired to make Justice League colon mortal. One of um, the best titles
1: Ever not made.
2: <laughs> um, and uh, he... You, you Did you know that he was the second choice to direct that movie?
1: For Justice League Mortal was the first Jason Reitman.
2: Jason Reitman coming off of... Wow. Well,
1: I mean, was he was he even... I guess he was... He was coming off of Juno.
2: I guess Juno had been made, but like, George Miller signed on in September 07. So Juno was just out. Juno
1: had, had premiered at Toronto.
2: Right. Just around. It, it
1: was... It was building momentum. Uh, This is the interview that I sent to you several months back that I'm obsessed with where Jason Reitman talks about how he thinks he doesn't have it in him to possibly ever make a big studio film. And then Howard Stern asks him about uh, if he'd ever do a Ghostbusters. Uh, (laughs) Let me find this. Um, He said...
2: uh, I'll just, I will point out I believe Reitman turned it down.
1: Yes, he turned it down. He turned down. Right. He, so he took the meeting, and he said, "That all sounds good. I'm not the person you want to make this."
2: Mm. Right, right. He's like, mm. I, "I'm not a big studio guy. I'm an indie filmmaker. I'm fucking Joe Jr. over here." <laughs> right. uh, so I, right, I can't yeah.
1: find the quote right now. I will have uh, and post yeah. it on our Twitter when this episode comes out. But he says something like. I could never make a big film like people think that I should direct Ghostbusters three because my dad did the first two. My Ghostbusters would be so indie. It would just be like people <laughs> sitting around having a conversation about. Right. Being it would be
2: fucking yeah. Jerry. It would just be guys walking around in the desert and nothing would happen.
1: I'm so fucking indie. I couldn't make a <laughs> Ghostbusters three with any sort of plot. And now it he was elected a, no himself. gunner seats. Right, no gunner <laughs> seats. Whatsoever. No nostalgia button pushing. And no. now this right now, as we know was unanimously elected the president of Ghostbusters.
4: Was that yeah. movie part of a, a was that a movie part of Covid push or is that still When is that movie supposed to come out? That's Next a summer? good
1: question. Or was that cuz I feel like it of, just
4: disappeared.
1: It is one of the few movies that has been uh, completely silent. In it, the is wake
2: of COVID. For, it is set for July, which remains a slight gray area. Like July right. movies are sort of waiting and seeing for a little while longer, I guess.
1: Mm. Um, I but yes, playing, Sony has not right, weighed in. They're playing chicken. I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, we'll have a better sense of where <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife will lie. The ARG
4: will have started. Of course. I will be deep oh, in of it. Of
1: course. Look, maybe it's already happening. Oh, then we don't you realize. Think this is part of it? Maybe all of this is part of it. This is part of the ARG. Maybe, but uh, I feel like they're playing the waiting game of: Is it possible for Ghostbusters Afterlife to be the first movie released once the? They might have movie.
4: to change that name. Yes, might <laughs> want yes, to change they yeah. call it.
1: Uh, Ghostbusters Pandemic is what yeah. they should call it. I don't I, look. I'm just talking from a studio perspective. I don't uh, like
2: the right, title. You're right. <laughs> Anyway, putting on
1: my marketing hat here, it'd be the boo demic.
2: It would be a boo demic, yes. You know, that's a, a good point. It would, <laughs> it would be a um, boo demic
1: and yeah. five comedy points for that. That's good. Thank you.
2: Um, but uh, but yeah, so George Miller obviously spends uh, a year ish, you know, trying to make his Justice League movie with freaking, you know, Adam Brody and uh, Teresa Palmer and whoever, whoever. whoever I can't, Palmer. no, not Teresa Forming Palmer. Oh, yeah, it was Teresa. Yeah, Army Hammer, Ball, Megan Gale, Common. Yeah, she yeah. was going to be Talia Al Ghul. I forgot. Anyway, yes. uh, and then the writer's Strike tanks that movie along with mm-hmm. The Dark Knight doing so well that Warner Brothers is like, wait, what? Why would we do this? What? This is no, insane. It's even
1: before that. Nolan is like, shut this thing down.
2: Yeah, like, what is this? <laughs> What's, you know, and Miller has never gotten over that and has always been like, my movie would have been crazy. And I have no doubt that it would have been, I would love to see it. Yes. Call me Monique because I would love to see it. <laughs> um, Monique but
1: because you'd love to see it. What am I not you know, getting
2: know the, the meme where she's like,
1: I would like to see it. I do not know, know the meme. Uh, yeah. I don't think I know mm. the Monique meme. Let me just Google Monique. I'm you gotta brush up, to, brush up but... on your, your You meme would like screen. to see the meme? I'm behind on the Monique memes.
4: While you're looking that up, can I just point out that also riding the penguin wave is the movie surfs out? I love Surf's Up. True. I, oh, so good. Oh,
2: Surf's Up.
4: Freaking rules. Literal penguin waves. That is very true, and. Penguins of Madagascar, the movie is actually the legitimately funniest penguin movie I've ever seen. <laughs> really? Penguin movie? I have not seen Do the movie.
2: Do you penguins not like it,
4: Griffin? You I haven't have seen, seen Penguins it. of Madagascar? Oh, it's got such good bits.
1: I have not seen it. I. Do know I am not a huge fan of the first two Madagascar movies. I have never seen the third. I am fascinated by the fact, and I've railed about this on the podcast before
2: multiple times.
1: There are three different continuities within the Madagascar universe. There is okay. the three mainline Madagascar films, the proper trilogy, yes. if you will. Then there is a TV show called that Penguin's timeline about- Alpha. Timeline Alpha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then there is what I would like to call the Kelvin timeline. This is an alternate reality in which the penguins make it back to the zoo or never leave the zoo, never end up in Madagascar, and have their TV show, the Nickelodeon TV show, Penguins of Madagascar. Is that not a prequel? It is not. It is not. It is if the films don't happen, even though it is called Gr- The Penguins of Madagascar. Griffin as is now being from Madagascar <laughs> is their defining characteristic, except in the universe of the TV show. They have never been to Madagascar.
2: Griffin is now speaking with the energy of Kevin Costner at the end of JFK, as he always does. Anytime this topic comes up,
1: They're the
4: penguins of the film Madagascar, the penguins right. of the well, they- film Madagascar. Right. Well,
1: no. Yeah. Right, so now there's yes. the, so the, <laughs> the third timeline I would like to establish, okay? And this is the lone gunman timeline, okay, if I may. This is the timeline for Penguins of Madagascar, the movie, which is separate from both Madagascar the film series and Penguins of Madagascar the TV series because they want to set it in a universe where animals hold down people jobs. Where you can have a fucking animal who's a special agent or a squid who's a bad guy or whatever.
4: But they don't, they don't, they're not interacting with people, Griffin. They're not interacting exactly. they're in their own. They have animal jobs in animal. They, you know, they're also, That's I think what the I'm penguins saying. are supposed to be insane. So it's the a penguins,
2: scenario. the
4: penguins are nuts. So the penguins are like, we're secret agents, but they're not secret agents for anyone. They're just like insane penguins.
1: But there are no humans in the film, The Penguins of Madagascar, correct?
4: I think there's like some ba- some in the background, but I don't think they have lines.
1: I mean, that is what necessitates it taking place in a third timeline.
4: No, there are humans because the penguins really? are in like an aquarium. The, pe- the humans don't have like roles necessarily, but a lot of it is about the penguins all getting kidnapped and being put in an aquarium and the humans go see yeah. them.
1: Fair
4: enough. So I, I just want to say it's just great. Great Malkovich as an octopus. Also, the octopus is pretending to be a human. That's important to know. Okay.
2: If you could all open your chat window, you'll see that I posted the GIF. If you just want to take a look at Monique, <laughs> saying "I love, I would I like love to education."
1: Oh yes, I do. Know oh, it. that's a. You know what? That's a really good GIF. Um, it's a great GIF. I, it's
2: it's, it's, a, it's want, a hit meme.
1: I just want to say to Andrew's point. Uh, three comedy points for saying that uh, Surf's Up was uh, riding a wave. Um, oh. It was. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I had to get it in there somewhere. <laughs> you got it in there and it landed. Uh, it landed beautifully. Uh, but Surf's Up comes out in between Happy Feet and Happy Feet yes. 2. And yes. Surf's Up performs Mezzo Mezzo at the box office. So that was maybe <laughs> Not the a huge first hit. sign. Not a huge hit. That was maybe the first sign. Oh, Penguin... Thever fatigue might it might have mm. crested a little bit yeah and then george old georgie miller still has four years to go until happy feet two comes out so happy feet one a film that is all about its insane world building and mythology the sort of very casual we all know that penguins have a heart song what if a penguin were to not have a heart song and instead mm-hmm. had a heart feet and how would society reject them? And what journey would a penguin have to go on to find their inner confidence, to meet other societies of penguins, to come back home and win over his religiously conservative parents and uh, save all of his uh, penguin brethren uh, from uh, global warming
0: yeah. and by also, becoming a
1: viral medial star?
3: And also there's yeah. a medley of pop songs.
1: Right. In exactly. The moments.
2: Happy Feet 1 is, I feel like, a little more, like, of a musical. For sure. Happy Feet 2 is, like, there's music at the beginning and the end, but not so yeah. much in the middle.
4: Oh well, my god, like... this this is a hot take that I'm probably going to get a little bit of flack for. Throw
2: it down, but Put on your flack jacket.
4: I think okay. it's on. It's on. I think that um, the, what's the... What is the, what the, oh, love Lovelace's song about Sven mm-hmm. on par yes. with the genie song. It was so good.
1: Wow. I think it's a really good song. That's it the a other song. weird thing is this movie is less of a musical than the first one, but it has like more original songs.
2: Right, right. The first one is fully jukeboxy and this one is uh, more of a mix.
1: Right. It's like all jukebox medleys. It's all elephant love song. And this I, one has like big medley at the beginning, big medley at the end, and then like three big original ballads in the middle, like one of which is in like an
4: opera, an opera ballad. We yes,
2: love that part. Great part of the movie. All right, guys, I just want to backtrack a minute. A minute okay, Please. there's two things I want to bring up. One, can you tell me the tagline of Surfs Up?
1: Uh, the tagline of the mm. film Surfs Up.
2: I just saw uh, it, and I just need to address it before we move on. Hang
3: ten.
1: This
4: time, it's not this not time bad, but surfing. no. It, Does
1: nope. it include the word wave in it? No. Nope. Is, Is it, it like cowabunga?
4: Cowaburda?
2: All great. Uh, no. A major ocean picture. Love
3: Whoa. that. Wow.
2: Yep. That's good. Wow. That's very good. Yep. Yeah, just let that settle. Mm. Kind of like you've like cracked open a soda and it's kind of fizzing. Just let it. let it kind of like, you know...
4: Someone All definitely right. brought that up as a tagline for Nemo, and they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> we will You're never right. do that. <laughs> and then Surf Up was like, well, we'll take it.
2: Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, whatever. Major your ocean picture, show sure.
1: If we're talking in memes now, I just truly did the Antonio Banderas reacting to the he
2: did. He laptop.
1: Did. I've just been reeling from that news here. That's <laughs> it's beautiful. Just we-
2: it's weird that like, Shark Tale didn't do that. You know what I mean?
1: It's it's weird that every film before it exactly
2: passed, that, like every movie, had been like major ocean. I don't get it. Like, and it finally surfs up, grabbed the grab the gem.
1: There are even many live action films that could have used that tagline. Yep. Wow, a major ocean mm-hmm. picture.
2: Here, all right now. Here is the second thing, and this is I feel like okay. a good start. I just want to run down the poster billing for mm-hmm. Happy Feet Two.
1: Oh, it's yeah. insane. It's some of the weirdest billing I have ever I'm
2: seen. I'm going to read it left to right. It's two blocks. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Elijah Wood. Sure.
1: Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember the Star Wars? Show. Yes. Robin, Robin Williams it's himself. And then Robin Williams. Just casually playing three different characters. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. And none of the, none depth. of
3: those characters are problematic and it's all no, very no. cool and
1: no. No. Also, no. at the end
4: there's <laughs> casually a Jamaican penguin at the course, end also so, no, course, it's like, just like all right robin do a jamaican penguin real uh, quick yeah that, that, that
2: was just him riffing right
1: he was just, it's like what if one was jamaican he didn't have a sequel deal in place right so when they came to the table to negotiate for him to come back to happy feet 2 he said i would love to find a way to appropriate one other <laughs> type of language if i can <laughs> I'd like, I know we already got three in there. I'd love to find another patois that I can throw into this <laughs> I mean,
2: it's Robin Williams. You're just de- yeah. describing his stand-up career.
1: Please
4: make sure the penguin is wearing a Rasta hat. That is very <laughs> important. God, Otherwise people won't I, know.
1: This can't be subtle.
2: I believe, I thought that was supposed to be the same penguin just doing a new thing.
1: It is. It yeah, is. But right, that's right, where he right, got right. tricky. Because that's I'm what, sure George Miller came to him and said look you're playing the same three characters again narrator lovelace ramon there's no room for you to invoke a third identity a fourth identity rather and he was like can the can the third character just inexplicably for the last scene much like adrian brody introducing sean paul on snl wait and was that lovelace fat- yeah, that's Lovelace just suddenly becoming Chet Hayes for his yes. final scene. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly, and that's that's what's good about it. All right, and number the hat three. is
3: made from his shirt where his belly yes. has ripped.
2: Of right? of course, yes. oh. of course. Correct. 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 Good job, Ben. Thank well you. noticed. Bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three, third build. Okay, Hank Azaria. Of course. Right.
1: The we, breakout star we, of the
2: film. The breakout star of the film doing a Scandinavian mm-hmm. accent. Okay, number Eric four, and Pope. she's. She's billed this way. Alicia Moore began brackets mm-hmm. pink with an exclamation point and mm. brackets. And that's an exclamation I, I point instead of an I. Thank you. It's not like she. I needed where
1: where it was placed. It's pink. That's,
2: that's pink's name. Pink. I, I, I don't even know how you would read that.
1: I think it's pink.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. I wish I could, like, could you just have your name and have an exclamation point in it? Like. Yeah, legally. Do it,
2: Ben. Sure, why right. not, Ben Hosley? <laughs> um. All right. Okay. So, Pink is fourth build. Fifth build, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, love that.
2: Brad Pitt, the famous actor. Yeah, you heard of him?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Sixth build. What does he play? He plays a krill. He oh, plays right. uh yeah. mm-hmm. Will the Krill? Yeah, right. One of
1: Sixth... the biggest movie stars on the planet. Yeah. Right. Makes the same sense. year as Moneyball. <laughs> yeah.
2: Six build, Matt Damon. Okay.
1: Oh, another one of the biggest stars on the planet. Now, here's no, okay. where Happy Feet... What is he? What's his role? What's
3: his... What is he doing?
1: You're never going to believe this.
3: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. hmm
1: <laughs> He is also playing a Krill. Interesting. So this, is, hmm. this is where the marketing team for Happy Feet 2 runs into a problem, because <laughs> you have the two biggest stars in the movie, who are also two of the biggest stars alive, playing what are fairly probably the fifth and sixth biggest characters in the film and are literally the smallest characters, physically the smallest characters in the movie?
2: I would put them third and fourth. I think they have more screen time than Azaria, definitely more than pink. No offense to pink.
1: Yeah. I disagree on Azaria. I'll accept pink. I will accept pink and we will move on from this. <laughs> All right.
2: Seventh build.
1: But this is where. Or, okay. Go on. Okay. Go on. Oh, no,
2: go ahead. Okay. 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 Seventh build Sophia Vergara. Sure. You're okay with that?
1: I'm, I'll, I'm, I will accept it. I will accept it. She was popping at the moment. I'll accept it.
2: Okay. Eighth build. Hugo Weaving. Reprising well, his role.
1: Was yeah. he
4: the elephant seal?
2: No, he's the elder what? penguin. The he has like el- two I lines. Oh,
4: there's so many freaking penguins in this goddamn on movie. His head. I, saw, <laughs> I saw how many they penguins, do. the scenes overhead where there's just like tons of penguins. And I was like, there's not this many penguins on earth. There's so many freaking penguins. It's terrifying.
2: Ninth build is Richard Carter. He's build on the poster.
1: Now he's the one he's, he's the big seal guy.
2: He's the okay. big seal.
1: He's okay, also seal. the
2: bullet farmer in Mad Max Fury road. He's yes. like a journeyman, Australian actor. Uh, he has been in, you know, he was, he's a detective in Bay pig in the city. You know mm. he's he's in um, Muriel's wedding, playing a cop. Like
3: twelve million penguins yeah. in the world. <laughs>
1: sh- and you're just looking shit up penguins. random stats and showing us your phone. <laughs> All
2: right, tenth build common.
1: <laughs> Re- replacing replacing Fat Joe. inexplicably
2: Fat Joe inexplicably. Maybe Fat Joe is yeah. just busy. I don't know. Sure. 11th build Magda Subansky, who, of course, we all know is the star of Babe Pig in the City. She plays Farmer Hoggett's wife. In this movie, she plays Bo's mother.
1: I mean, is a a tiny role in this film.
2: Yes. She makes the, the, the 12 build actors, though.
1: We're talking above the title. We're not talking about the lower credit block. This is the top of the poster. It goes this deep on billing to include her.
0: Yes.
4: I like that somebody is- maybe wouldn't be convinced Until they got to her and they were like Okay now You've won me Take over Take my $12 No thanks
2: Yes. 12th build Anthony LaPaglia Not even getting an and He plays a yeah. skua
1: Yes he's one of the bad birds
2: Yeah who's like I want to eat them penguins ah, Like that
1: Okay so you're the poster That you're reading is the teaser poster Right with all those names listed the tagline is step every step counts. counts. And that says November 2011. Correct. Okay, but they start to realize, the marketing team, that they have a problem. <laughs> because they're two biggest stars of Brad Pitt and Matt Damon. But they're right there in the middle of the billing and they might get lost. You don't want people to not make it that far into the credit block, right? Right. So the final theatrical poster for Happy Feet yes. 2, this is what they do that I find fascinating. They cut out the second tier, right? Yes. So they go, okay, it's just one line of billing. Wood, Williams, Azaria. That's top three. <clears throat> and then they go Pitt, Damon, dead center in the middle of the poster. Not any yes. higher, not any lower, but they're dead center. And then continue, Alicia Moore, pink. So if you have a common. But what they do is underneath Brad Pitt and Matt Damon they put like a little Looney Tunes circle with their two characters' heads poking out of it, like breaking through the poster (laughs) to spotlight them. And it says, as Will and Bill the Krill. Correct. (laughs) No one else gets that spotlight treatment. So it feels like the movie is selling Will and Bill as the main attraction before you even get to the title. You don't even know what the movie is. Then you have to scan down and go, oh, it's Happy Feet 2? Every step counts. (laughs) Every step counts.
2: November 18th.
1: So this movie starts exactly the way you expect Happy Feet 2 to start. It starts with crazy camera movement into the middle of the Antarctic, where a bunch of penguins are dancing and doing a medley of pop songs. And you go, okay, it's this shit again. Right, I cannot explain why, but from minute one this was going down smoother for me than the first film, which I do not dislike, but do not love. And for whatever reason, I, I went, I'm getting more into this. I don't know if it's just that, you know, Happy Feet 2 can run where Happy Feet 1 walked. I think I, it's I'm a little entering. Bad. I'm entering at a high floor. I understand the heart songs. Society mm-hmm. has reworked itself around Mumbles. Everyone's singing and dancing. (laughs) I'm just like, give me this crazy shit. Why not? I I fucking give up. I surrender.
2: Go ahead, Sarah. We should address your complaint right now about the
4: realism. The realism. But I I see, I think the first one is, I'm a huge Pebble and the Penguin fan. And I feel like we can't talk about this film without acknowledging Pebble and the Penguin. Yeah. And the first one to me is is Pebble and the Penguin. Mm. Not Pebbles. They're little songs, but whatever. But this one... You know, it's it's going down whole new roads that have never been traveled before. It's 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 it really, you know, broke out of I feel like what made the first one a little formulaic. This one, I could not tell you if you were like, What's gonna happen in the next scene?
1: I think every guess would have been wrong.
2: Correct. Every scene, <laughs> if you tried to guess, okay, I know what's happening next, you would be wrong. <laughs>
1: Do you know what I kept thinking about watching this movie? And not only had I not seen it, had I not really engaged with it, but I truly had no idea what it was about outside of, oh, he's got a little son now. Yeah. So I, I was truly astonished at every single plot development. But I kept on thinking during this when we uh, uh, did our little Q&A with James Seamus after screening the, the Hulk uh, at the Draft House in Brooklyn. And we asked him if he had had ideas for what Ang Hulk sequel would have been. And the pitch he gave us that he had worked on that just disappeared once Hulk bombed was that it was about Hulk on like a Native American reserve connecting spiritually to the land and understanding the tapestry of like humanity. Yes. And it sounded so abstract. And I was like, there's no way anyone would ever let someone make a big budget sequel with that as the log line. And that's kind of what Happy Feet 2 is.
2: (laughs) Yes, I I think I would agree with that, yes. Um, It's, well, to quote from the uh, first line of its Wikipedia plot summary, an evil iceberg is plotting to destroy Antarctica.
4: That's not that that's not what
2: we, no. we see an iceberg break <laughs> off and it sort of looks like an angry monster that's going to like eat them. So I guess I or guess no. that's where they're getting it from.
3: An iceberg goes into a room of other icebergs and they plot this whole movie out. <laughs> I would love right. to have seen that scene.
1: I couldn't tell because there's so much within the happy feet. Mythology of them Interpreting human beings as aliens Their sort of misunderstanding Of everything Right. I thought watching it That the iceberg was what They perceived a ship to be
2: No Mm. But am I
1: supposed to take it that it is an actual Iceberg that is just moving Rapidly towards their Little land? Yeah because of climate change
2: Or whatever.
4: Sure. Yeah it broke off because Climate change and it trapped The pangies
1: it but it the is Pankies. an iceberg that, that the looks like the Titanic, right? Sure, I mean, it's like sure. a massive, like, ocean liner iceberg. Yeah. But they see big. a
4: boat later and they know what it is. Or they know that it has humans on it.
1: Yeah, because they, they played a, a role in, in yeah. Happy Feet 1. Right,
2: right, right. Yeah. But right. I, the thing, I just wanted to say, Griff, because you were saying it, it, I do think it looks a little better. They've just... I do too. They've just sort of, you know, cleaned things up. They've They already made one movie, so like... The animals look a little cleaner. I don't know. The penguins don't look as samey. Obviously there's more animals anyway, so there's a little more diversity. Yeah. The uh, graphics for uh, me
4: I thought were incredible. I was like, yeah. this is these are top-notch penguins. I mean, too real in a creepy way,
1: but Yes. But I think they are executed far better than they are in the first film. There's like an amazing kind of leap in the graphic ability of this film. Uh Ruben, you and I complain about this a lot. Because uh, mm-hmm. you're a very talented illustrator, and we're both big animation fans, and mm. I feel like we will often vent to each other when we think an animated film has a uh, boring character design, like yeah. what a waste it is, Yeah, when uh, they're not pushing the limits of animation, and this falls mm-hmm. into that category of like, ugh, like, why are you just making the penguins look like real penguins, you know?
4: Like, why are
1: you stuck in I, this weird zone yeah. between actual photorealism and being able to have the character design say anything about the characters?
4: I think in this one, it doesn't... It It is creepy on some of them, but then other creatures... I feel like the elephant seals, like, look really good. Yeah. But then it's... I don't know why the penguins... Maybe because penguins in general are, like, samey looking. They're very but they samey. Just ha- I think, yeah. like... If they just have a hard time or I don't know if they just thought if they look more real, people will take the messages of climate change more seriously rather than if it was like cartoon penguins.
2: The other thing they've done that's kind of annoying is they've kept Mumbles in his teen um look.
4: That's uh, I, I was very
1: confused and upset. Just by to that.
2: distinguish him. He still looks like an adolescent penguin and not a grown up penguin. Yeah. But I think that's just so he sticks out.
1: Maybe he's a teen dad.
2: I mean, I guess he's a, I I, I can, I I don't know enough about like penguin, you know, sex and reproduction (laughs) to know if like they can reproduce when they're teens.
3: David, you don't know enough about that. I don't. (laughs) I I think
1: (laughs) it's time for me to
2: learn more.
1: Listen, you've got time to research. (laughs) Yeah. I I do think, Sarah, to your point, it's like the characters who work better graphically in this movie are the ones who are new to this film, like Mm -hmm. the elephant seals, like Sven, like Will and Bill, even though Will and Bill fall into that Penguin problem of their designs are great, but also the two of them look exactly the same and look the same as the thousands of other girls in the movie. Do you
4: think that they just made, they kept the same models from the old movie and then just did new models for the new characters and that's maybe why? I
1: think... I, w- I was trying to gauge this. The models look better for all the characters in this film than they did for the first film, having rewatched the first one recently. So I think they rebuilt the models, but they didn't want to change the design that much for the sake of continuity. Mm. Um, but it is... I think there was that weird thing in, like, the 2000s in particular and by 2010 it's pretty much out the window of CGI animated films wondering whether or not photorealism was the goal. Mm-hmm. Like, when when the first mm, yeah, Shrek right. came out, they were talking so much about, like, look at this. Look at how close we've gotten to photorealism.
2: Right, because Fiona looks very human. <laughs> it looks human. just
1: like this photo of Shrek. <laughs> yeah, they were like, look at Shrek's pores. It looks just like the real Shrek. <laughs> um but I th- and I think Happy Feet was still in that sort of zone of like oh the challenge is can we make this look more like a live action film. And by the 2010s everyone's like maybe the goal is to make everything tunier And I think it leads to a better wave in CGI and it makes CGI And then grow. we circled
4: back around to let's make it so realistic that there was no point in doing this.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Happy Feet 2 begins. Yes. With so the first five Eric, minutes Mumble and Eric, his, his son Dancing
1: Eric can't um, dance
3: He can pee all over himself He oh, does pee no. all over himself In an early I humiliation wanted to forget
1: that. And Ramon is still around The rest of his uh, uh, Penguin entourage Is back in their zone With yes. Lovelace But Ramon The, the, has the daily penguins He's Uncle Ramon He hangs out with the kids all the time And he is thirsty on main he cannot stop <laughs> talking about how much he wants to get laid
2: yes he's looking for a trap queen
4: a lot of penguin romance is is like not taking no for an answer correct <laughs> in the first one too it's like just not it's being rejected and then trying harder
1: all penguins are disciples of mystery i think that is <laughs> canon within this film um, but, right but, this, this first five ten minutes you're like this is exactly what I would think it would be. This feels like a thousand other movies. This feels like the obvious studio notes, like brainstorm session for Happy Feet 2, the version that George Miller doesn't direct. And then the film just veers wildly off course.
2: Yes. Um, Eric, after his great humiliation, in which, in, when trying to dance, he is upside down and pees on himself, uh, flees to a daily land. Uh, which is where all the uh, daily penguins are, and meets yeah. the mighty Sven, who is a puffin, who's pretending to be a special kind of penguin with flying powers, and is trying <laughs> to, like, bewitch all the other penguins into thinking they can fly. And he's voiced by Hank Azaria. Yeah, yeah. which is, again, a thread from the first movie. The first movie also has a lot of cult leaders and... False prophets. Right, Mm -hmm. and the penguins are kind of easily led sheep, you know, uh, communities.
1: George Miller loves cults of personality. He does. Uh, And this character is kind of similar to uh, Rocky from Chicken Run, except Rocky Mm -hmm. is like a con artist who's trying to, like, get out of a, a situation. And right. this guy is just basking in the sort of uh, idol tree he, he gets. Right.
2: He, he's not in it for the money or whatever. He's just he just likes the attention, I think. Right. That's he's also, horny. A yeah. he's just also he's a,
1: horny. He's not bad guy. He's also very horny.
2: Everyone in this movie is fairly horny. He's yeah. not a bad <laughs> guy, uh, yeah. but he is. He's in way over his head and everyone's always looking to him for advice. And and, you know, that's I don't know. It's it's so weird. And but he's got a cut, staple go together
1: ahead. beak because he was rescued and nurtured by the quote unquote aliens on their big ship. Uh, right. And that is where he met Lovelace, who was also abducted by them, and they made him a little sweater, which is the yes. key marketing angle to all of the stuff for Happy Feet 2 because they seemingly didn't know how to sell this movie to people. They were right, all so in they, on the sweater. The they put the sweater on the word. In the term. title,
2: right, is yes. wearing a sweater.
1: Right. It is some of so the
4: he's... best, like, human, like, the effect that they put on the human actors to make them look like they're part of the film. I'm very impressed by uh, that I it. That is the
2: whole, it's so weird.
1: But it's another example of this movie just going to 90 almost immediately. Because all of Happy Feet 1 is building up to the eeriness of the human stuff. And mm-hmm. Happy Feet 2 gets there in, like, minute 15 right. in a massive story song that Robin Williams and Hank Azaria sing together where they explain their whole weird journey uh, with the aliens. It
4: very much reminded me of um, In Sweet Charity. Have you seen that? The song that they (laughs) sing? Is it Sammy Davis Jr.? (laughs) I forget what song it is that they sing about him where he's a cult leader, yeah. But it Um, also,
1: like, it feels like a Music Man, like, number. Like, it feels like, We're going to explain to you why you got to listen to this guy. And here's his whole epic backstory. And he saw something in the window that even I don't know. But the point is, I used to be your leader and I look up to this guy now. So everyone has to double look up to this guy.
2: So you have this whole sequence where Ramon is set up with, um, I forget her name, uh, Carmen. Mm Yes. By Sven. Carmen is voiced by Sofia Vergara. She's not that interested in Ramon at least initially. No. Um, amid all this chaos, Mumble finds his kids. He finds Eric and the and the babies, and he's like, we gotta go back to Emperor Land. Um, but they're like, we're never going back. Okay, so that's all happening. Cut to, to Krill.
1: I just want to very quickly Cut say, to Krill. <laughs> at this point, I'm not giving the movie credit, and I assume, or I had assumed, the movie is going to be entirely... Uh, Mumble trying to find Eric and bring him back home. That is going to be the central conflict. And instead Mumble finds Eric exactly. It's 15 minutes.
2: Right. It's not like a Finding Nemo quest movie at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So then I don't know what the fucking film is, and then it cuts to Krill.
2: Then it cuts to two <laughs> Krill. Uh, we cut Will, to krill. And, Will and Bill Krill. They are part of a swarm of Krill, of millions of Krill that moves around in the ocean being Krill. Um... <laughs> Krill is like photo, you know, plankton. Uh, they're little tiny yeah. shrimps that are like ocean bugs. Little shrimpies. Yeah, they get eaten by whales, and that's all they do. They, they're just yeah. shit. They're just like popcorn <laughs> that whales eat all day.
1: <laughs> and it feels like they have a, a very tight bond bordering on a domestic partnership.
2: Yes. uh They have. Well, so here's what I knew going in I knew that. Uh, someone had told me Probably Griffin Brad Pitt and Matt Damon Play gay krill And I was like Okay That must be like One funny scene mm. That like That was They did as a favor To George Miller It must be just like A little jokey Moment in the movie No 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 This is plot B Yeah And it's Will and Bill uh, well, I always I have to keep Checking Because I Alright so Will Brad Pitt Is very much He's like What is our purpose world. Why do we just do this Right, right.
1: <laughs> he's trying to figure out, we have to gain some understanding of what our place is in relation to this universe.
2: Um, and he's sort of preoccupied with the fact that they're at the bottom of the food chain. And like, what if we try to eat uh, meat, then we would be higher on the food chain. Like, it's sort of like, what if we could just leap the food chain that way?
1: Right. Because the, f- the first installment with them, Bill- Bill's kind of the grounding element.
2: Yeah, Bill's just like, Mm -hmm. he's there for Will, I feel like. Like, that's why he's on the ride. He's not as existentially concerned.
1: Like, it goes from, let's question, why are we following this stream? Should we follow the pack? To cutting off from the stream and recognizing, oh, they're all just being led into the mouth of larger predators. So they narrowly avoid Mm -hmm. their death. And that's when yes. he gets activated, where he's like, this is all a fucking uh, right. this is charade. All yeah. Our life is fucking bullshit. <laughs> not only am I not going to accept this, but I'm going to reverse this. We need to find something we can eat. I must become right. dominant in some <laughs> corner of this universe now.
3: Right. Now, question, Krill, do, what do they eat normally? What do what is
1: like the amoebas, diet of a krill? amoebas, uh,
2: microbes. Okay. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, th- yes, they eat um, they eat algae and and phytoplankton. Uh, yeah,
4: you know, little bits, whatever's little bits. floating around. Bits. Got it. Are krill sea monkeys, or is that a different? What's in a sea monkey container?
2: <sighs> sea monkeys are kind of related. They're brine shrimp. Uh, they're okay. they're similar.
1: Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. Yeah. Sarah, 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 you are now making me long for the Sea Monkey plotline in Happy Feet 3 that we will never get. Oh,
2: God damn.
4: God. Escaping the Sea Monkey container.
2: <laughs> did you guys? I had Sea Monkeys. Did you guys ever have Sea Monkeys?
4: Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. not.
1: Oh, come on. They're the best. Terrifying. They were great. No.
2: Griff, did you have the aquarium that had, like, the little magnifying glasses built in so you could...
1: Of course. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: Of course. Yes. yes. Disgusting
2: um anyway uh there's krill uh yeah so there's the krill so so that's so that's just sort of going on separately and i would say for 90 percent of the movie these two plots do not interact they're just (laughs) happening in parallel
1: every once Um, in a while they'll sort of pass by each other and this is where the nashville comparison comes in like every once in a while during a big set piece they will literally just pass each other within a geographic space very quickly and it just feels <laughs> like the movie is sort of like very quickly shaking hands and moving on. And you wonder if that's going to be the full extent of the tie between these plot lines.
2: Mm. Right. Um, and, but, and, but, yeah, go ahead. Sven,
1: Sven gives a motivational speech to Eric telling him, because Eric is so impressed with the fact that Sven can fly. And he decides, that's the thing I'm going to do, because his right. father mumbles had told him. Look, I went through this whole thing. Everyone thought I was a freak. I wasn't good at the one thing that everyone else did. Don't beat yourself up about it. You'll find your thing. So he sees the flying and he's like, that's my motherfucking thing. And spends right. like 100% I'm behind you and announces to everyone like, this is the kid. So then Eric is immediately seen as a demigod. And then Mumble shows up and is like, not a demigod. My stupid <laughs> kid. Come Powerless. you leaving.
4: They never even try, because in the first one, it was everybody sang and nobody danced, right? And in this one, they don't even see if Eric can sing.
1: They're like, well, you can't
4: dance. Dancing's the thing now. Get out if you can't dance. You gotta
1: dance. Right? it's like, it's suddenly they go into a similarly (laughs) suppressive and reductive society where there's only one language accepted. If you want to sing a little on top of that, knock yourself out.
3: And no wonder he doesn't (laughs) like his dad, because his dad is the one who made that change.
1: Yeah, his dad's become a fucking cop. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens,
2: man.
4: I don't know what it says about me that his disrespect for his father made me so furious. I was like, he respect is your father. He very disrespectful
2: Eric. of his father. I will say <laughs> yeah. it doesn't help that his father looks like a teenager, so he's not That's exactly fair. an authority <laughs> figure. <laughs> Uh, but, like, there is a Dean scene, Dad. not right, you know, right, right after what we're talking about, where he, Eric is like, I want to go up the, the bridge, and he just walks over this perilous ice bridge, and his dad's like, oh, don't do that, no, all right, I guess we're doing it. Like, it's just because he has no control over his little chick.
4: Spineless. Right, like,
1: they sort of have a Nemo-Marlin relationship, except in that movie, it is, Marlin is so overbearing, so neurotic, right. that Nemo has reason to rebel. And in right. this, Mumble is just kind of an overwhelmed teen dad who's trying his <laughs> hardest. And his son's like, fuck you! Like, constantly. Well,
4: Marlon is acting from a place of love, and Mumble is yes. just has no idea what having yeah, a child is like.
1: He really doesn't. So out of his depth.
4: There is, yes. no, there is no warmth in his relationship with, with his baby penguin son. No.
2: Um, but then there's this crazy showdown standoff. With an elephant seal uh, yes. I'm trying to remember, uh, named Brian, I believe, is the name of the Where's elephant Brian, seal. Brian, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Brian the Beachmaster is his name.
2: Correct. <laughs> um, and the Beachmaster will not back up off this ice bridge, which is all he needs to do to let them go by. Oh,
0: my
1: but, God. But that's just, like,
2: against his, his deal. He won't do it.
1: Because it gets into the same thing of, like, you have to know your place within the ecosystem. Right. He's like, I can't cede ground to you because then when I face off against an actual predator who stands to possibly attack my children, I will have the reputation of the man who backed down to some dumb tap-dancing penguin. Yeah. It's a philosophical Um, issue. I refuse to literally back up.
4: (laughs) It's based in natural. Like, I like that it's based in... Like a realist, natural perspective, that he's like, when I fight later for my mate, if they know that I gave right. up space to a penguin, I'm never gonna fuck again. Yeah, <laughs> this anyway, is where so, this
1: movie starts really working for me. Is everything yes, me it's too. doing is tied into actual weird animal behavior rather Evolutionary. than one, which is just what if penguins did shit that penguins don't do? This movie is like, isn't it weird all these weird ways that animals behave, even though they can't talk to each other, which is reflecting on how weird our behavior is and how all these patterns that we can't get ourselves out of might be the only things that are keeping us alive.
2: Right. Um anyway this this uh this elephant seal should be called Tom Petty cuz he won't back down. Sorry, I just need he to say that. He
1: won't back down. For but, a moment I thought he was both Viola Davis and Maggie Gyllenhaal cuz he won't back down. Oh
2: god, <laughs> I saw that movie in
1: theaters. I can't believe you're
2: referencing that film. Not possible. That movie oh,
1: doesn't exist. You couldn't have seen it in the theaters.
2: Truly does not exist. A pro charter school film starring Viola Davis. There's like there was like a two month period where that could happen. Uh anyway, this scene is, I agree, where the movie sort of is started to vibe with me because it's
1: very long. It's like a 10 minute scene. The whole movie just grinds to a halt. Right.
4: It's like its own short film within right. the movie that has highs, oh. lows.
2: It's very strangely paced. And then it ends with the elephant seal falling down into the abyss and then calling up to his children who are adorable little elephant seals and being like it's possibly over. the cutest
4: creatures <laughs> i've ever seen on this planet were those two little english or australian baby australian. elephant seals it is weird how like some of the some of the animals have accents and others don't and right.
1: <laughs> you you feel like this movie is about to kill off this character that this guy is going to die in order to prove right. a point because right. the ice I starts own... cracking underneath him and his children are screaming. And mumbles yes. is like, there's one way you can survive. You know what it is, right? And he's you're like, not gonna like if it. you're going to throw that backing down shit at me. <laughs> you can shove that up your penguin ass. I already told you <laughs> Homie, don't do that. I'm only moving forward. Oh, yes.
4: God, those little penguin, those little elephant seal babies calling out to their father. You think and
1: they think that he is dying. You're watching him fall down a great divide.
4: It almost doesn't matter that he doesn't die because we've already experienced the emotions of him going. Yes. You've already, the children have already been exposed to this.
1: <laughs> There's a pretty extended fake out. He is knocked out for enough time that you think the movie killed him. That this is a narrative dead end, and this 10-minute set piece exists only to further underline the themes of Happy Feet 2.
2: Right. Instead, then there's a whole sequence where Mumbles rescues him by, like, diving down and getting a leopard seal, and, like, there's a whole thing that goes on, and then Mumbles goes back to Eric and is like, pretty cool, huh? And Eric is like, what? I, I don't care. Like, Sven did that, Right.
1: But also, only after Will and Bill try to eat him, this is where I think yes, I got. Yes, yeah, Great. they try to eat the they leopard try to seal. Eat what they think is his dead body, because they're like, "This is our prime opportunity to start eating bigger things than us." Let's right. We can in. give
2: this a shot right here.
1: So then, everyone just moves on.
2: <laughs> right, right. That that's happened. We're moving. Steel reunited
1: with his children. Will and Bill thrown back into the ocean. Mumbles and Eric going back towards home.
2: We're probably about halfway through the film at this point. The penguins get back to Emperor Land to find that everyone is trapped
1: mm-hmm.
2: because of the iceberg.
1: The iceberg dropped down the section of Antarctica where the penguins, yes. our main penguins live, as if it were the hole in a bagel. It is now recessed. Yes. Right. And so no so, one can get down there and they can't get back up to level ground and they are and th- socially distanced.
2: They're socially distant. They can't eat. Uh, There's no food for them. And um, then that's when I guess that's when the daily penguins all show up to feed them.
1: They're telling Mumbles and Eric and Eric's little like baby friends like, hey, this is fine. Don't worry about it. Can you just grab a bunch of fish and bring it back here to us?
4: (laughs) Can you grab two million fish and bring them back real quick? Can you Postmates some sardines (laughs) to the hole?"
1: And then Pink does an ex- extended song, an original song she sings to her son to calm him down, which also causes the Aurora Borealis.
2: At uh, it least it's the Aurora Australis because we are oh, okay. in the, the Southern Hemisphere, just sure. FYI. But, um, but also, yes, I couldn't tell if she's summoning it or if she's sort of drawing power from it. I don't really also, know. Is
3: Eric having a panic attack? is that what we're seeing oh yes
4: they fight he fights with his he fights with Mumble and it's so scarring and emotionally visceral and Mumble's
2: just screaming where he's like they're all gonna die (laughs) (laughs) that old
3: hijink the echo of like going down to the community they're all gonna die right right. the
2: community is just hearing like they will starve or whatever
4: It it was such a weird fight, too, because, like I said, like, there is almost like zero familiarity. It just seems like he's mad at a strange child.
1: No, it feels like he's yelling at himself. Like, he has not become as much of an intolerant asshole as his father was, but it feels like he is now yelling at himself for his own childhood being difficult.
2: Mm. Right. Sure. So that whole psychodrama is playing out. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile I believe this is when Bill and Will Separate
1: mm-hmm.
2: Because um, Bill is a little too clingy Will is all in on Predator lifestyle Bill new, has tried to loan. sell
1: Will on the idea Of settling down and raising children Together Yeah,
2: <laughs> Which he's
1: right. into conceptually But he's not quite ready To domesticate yet yeah. It's yes. not that he doesn't want to do it with Bill It's that he needs to like Go go out, venture, backpack he's, across Europe. Right, he's mm-hmm. got to get
2: through this whole, you know, existential thing. His rumspring spring through.
1: up. Yeah, yeah. Right,
4: and then they'll adopt other krill. Yes, there's yes. got to be some. There's got to be some fan art of these these krill somewhere. Oh
1: my god! I mean, uh, what's it called? A place of its own. The, the
4: slash oh, pick oh, that must oh. exist out yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um. But but yes, and then also uh, around this time we've gone back a couple times to Ramon just being completely ignored and shut down by Sofia Vergara. Yes, and Mumble is separated from his wife, so this is like peak drama in the movie. No one is getting any.
2: <laughs> that's a that's a fair point. There's a lot of thwarted romance, um, but then I'm trying to remember. How this all works? Then, uh, like the
3: birds show up, the predator the birds, birds show up. Oh, yeah. the skuas. What kinds of birds right. are those? Skuas. Italian, I think. Scruits? What? <laughs> they're,
2: they're they're called they're called skuas. They're they're predatory yeah. seabirds. They attack. Okay. They, they they love to eat um fish, but also I think they they, they can be a little a bit of a eat pain penguins? Neck for penguins. Yeah. Uh,
1: the gangster birds have surrounded our heroes.
2: And it is yeah, it's Anthony the Poly doing his classic like mobster voice. Yes, mm-hmm. that is the vibe. Uh, then a Daily Land uh, arrives, led by Sven, right? Sure. And mm-hmm. they're bringing the fish, um, and then uh, the humans show up. Right. That's when the humans. Oh yeah. Um, show they up. Do they do a guitar solo. They do a guitar solo to they play uh, We are the, a are the champions. We are the champions. Right.
4: For some reason.
3: And Lovelace, like, air guitars and...
4: Was Lovelace trying to dance, or was he trying to, like, alert them to trouble, and they were...
2: I believe that's the the vibe. He's trying to be like, oh, my God, and they're like, yeah, guitar solo! And then there's, like, a blizzard, and they leave.
1: Let's also mention... A, the reason why Sven hates the humans but hasn't explained this to Lovelace is when he peeked through the window, he saw them all eating chickens. And so he thinks they were only rescued in order to be rotisseried later.
2: Right, right, right. And of course, puffins are a national delicacy in Iceland and other places like that. So he might be right.
1: Um, I also want to mention there was a complete narrative loop that happens at some point before this. Where uh when they get recessed and they're stuck, the uh um uh whatchamacallit? Uh why am I forgetting his name? Uh Agent. The Smith. Elder? Yes. Hugo Weaving. The Hugo yeah, Weaving the elder. Penguin. He's just called the elder. Yeah, no, Who well. has like a right. weird
4: he's like gotta he's like
1: Yes. Yeah. Right. He's like the weird sort of like hunchback, like crooked penguin. Yeah, he's
2: a little a little gnarled and skinny. Right. Mm. Right.
1: He comes back, he sees an opportunity to like uh seize control again, uh retain his grip yeah. on these penguins and makes a big play and gets shit on by a bunch of birds and immediately oh, yeah. <laughs> is dismissed. That is The Bathroom
2: correct. humor um, is,
4: is limited, but it's 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 placed very um artfully, I'd say.
1: Yes.
2: Meanwhile, Eric is very much he's all in on like Sven can just teach us how to fly and we will will just zip out of here. Yeah. That's when the pressure is on Sven to really deliver in terms of like getting everyone flying.
1: He has to take everyone to flight school.
2: Yes. And there's multiple fake outs where he's like, uh, what is he God, there's that whole thing where he's like, I'm a bird and then he's like, a burden if I don't teach you how to fly, right? Like there's that there's all that <laughs> Yeah.
1: But now like the remaining 45 minutes of the movie. It's a lot more place. movie
2: but not a lot more plot.
1: Yeah. No, it all takes place at this precipice. Like all of them on the edge looking down at their family who are going to starve to death and trying to solve the problem of the space between them.
2: And um what was I going to say? They, they uh, have this well, like well, massive well, like, ice them.
1: slide. They have this massive ice slide and they're all sliding down it and then using the force of that to gain air and none of them get close. And the one who gets closest is Common, whose son Mm. is also played by young rapper Little Peanut and is one of (laughs) uh, Eric's (laughs) friends who he ventured out with. Little Peanut's going to come back later in this episode. I want to mention something uh, Little Peanut did. Little Um,
3: Peanut Corner.
1: But but Common, who is the biggest of the penguins, is the last one to go down this slide. And Sven is aware that the results are looking really bad for his argument that he can fly uh, and that he's a penguin. So right. he flies underneath Common to try to propel him over the edge with his tiny little puffin body. And then they both collapse to the ground. And that's when he owns up that he's a bird. Uh, and this right. thing I really like, where his whole physiology changes, and you realize that he's been like affecting the posture of a penguin, right? And then his whole body transforms into like uh, a yeah. standard puffin posture.
2: Puffins are are horizontal, little... and penguins are vertical, right? Yeah, but penguins are birds, right? They are. They are flightless birds, but they do count as birds. Yes. Okay. But you know, you know, I don't. <laughs> All right, fair. Fine. You don't know. Um,
1: So Sven flies away and he's like, look, I'm sorry. I never meant to trick you. I just stepped on some ground. It turned green. It's global warming, but I let you think that I was magical.
4: They do really skim over the global warming. Like when it's like, oh, he left his homeland because it became too green in the iceberg. But they never really like explain it in any way, I guess, because the animals don't perceive it as global warming. But I don't know if anyone would like. Because he's even like excited. He's like, "Oh, look! It's green. Cool."
1: A, a big theme of both Happy Feet movies is the penguins don't understand global warming. They're constantly <laughs> right. terrified by all these threats around them, and they don't understand the thing that's actually going to kill them.
2: This is all true. The other thing that's a major threat in Happy Feet is that they all sing songs, and the big song that they sing is under pressure.
0: Is right, there? So this, right,
2: they dance. Like, That's that's the big closing dance that finally seals it. It's with the help of the elephant seals.
4: Well, first they try to dance and they can't they can't get it. They can't get it. They're trying to get the snow down to, like, make a ramp.
2: But they need the seals. And but then there's someone else that they need. Griffin.
1: Who else do they need?
2: The The krill. They need the krill.
1: Well, but they don't even know about this.
2: That's why It's good. (laughs) <laughs> um because yeah uh, mumbles goes off he goes and gets the elephant seals the elephant seals help with all the banging that's cool but then
1: but wait i'm sorry you're skipping over the biggest thing what david you are you're gonna feel like a fucking fool
2: uh-huh
1: <laughs> when you realize you almost skipped over this how do they get what? the seal on board the seal is reticent they can't get through to him. And sure. Eric sure. has to find what his language oh. is.
2: Yeah, the Happy opera scene. Right. Everyone yeah. sings.
1: Sing. Mumble Sing. shows up. Now everyone's gonna learn how to dance. And Eric is like, right. it's opera motherfuckers. <laughs> I gotta aria this shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is this is true. This is this is. What and happens. little
1: baby Eric with the singing voice of E. G. Daly, Tommy Daily. Pickles. And Babe Pig in the City herself <laughs> does the opera that finally makes the, uh, the, the seal, the elephant seal, uh, throw away his pride and his ego right. mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and agree to help others. It's um, the power of art. Meanwhile, Bill has come back to Will and is like, look, I figured this out. Of out. I figured out. Right. Out of loneliness, but is also like, I figured out a way that we can help and do something better and bigger maybe we can't become predators, but we also don't need to be prey. We can do a third thing. <laughs> which is weaken tap. the ice.
4: Tap little, yeah. tap tiny little feet against ice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think the,
3: the, it's cool. I think it's cool that when he comes back, he's a legend.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. Oh like yeah. In, like,
3: Cause they're, so, you know, their lives are so short. They're such tiny little creatures, but I love this idea that he has like a mythology now.
1: It's the best. They're great guys.
4: They're like, "Oh, I thought he'd be taller. <laughs> it's funny because he's a krill.
2: There's this message of, like, <laughs> right of like, yes, he's a krill, and he's just a tiny infinitesimal cog in a giant machine. And that's tough to handle. But his is the final, like, step. Yeah that brings down the ice to free all the penguins. And so like it's kind of like when people are like, oh, is there is it even like, well, why should I even vote? Like, you know, yes, I'm one of exactly millions. That.
4: It's like you have to write your congressman. There is a reason that they like yes.
1: every <laughs> Like you could matter.
2: be the one. Right. 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 Right.
1: But but the key and to it, that is also the penguins will never
2: know. They'll never know. No. They'll to never the, know. To
1: the krill. They are now legends, but they'll also right. be dead at the end of this deck.
2: <laughs> yes, they're going to get eaten by whales almost immediately after this. And yes Oh, no, they're in a cave now. All right. They're in a cave. Fine. They won't get eaten by whales. Um, but yeah. like
4: and they'll live forever. They will... Where the yeah.
2: first Happy Feet movie is very much that more Disney style, like, you know, the messages like be yourself and, and it's good to be yourself and you'll figure it out. And it's nice if you're different. Don't worry about it. Right. And then this one is like, no, we all have our parts to play, but there's meaning in right. that. <laughs>
1: right. right. I mean, this like when they all start doing under pressure and you're like cross cutting between like the penguins down below the elephant seals. Like, Eric singing, mumbles tap dancing, the krill eating at everything. It feels genuinely operatic. Like, it's, like, thrilling.
2: Yes, it is genuinely thrilling. Uh, And I liked it. And I liked the movie. I thought it was good.
1: The the ledge collapses. The the ramp is built. Everyone is reunited. Uh, All the
4: penguins get out.
1: Yeah. I mean... To your point, David, what is fascinating is the relationship between this movie and Happy Feet 1 is almost identical to the relationship between Babe Pig in the City and the first Babe, where the first of both movies are like, here's a weird animal society, and it's all about an animal who dares to do something different than the others and is rejected and ultimately has to win everyone's respect. It's yeah. like the innocent who questions the norms and changes everyone a little bit. And then both Baypick and the City and Happy Feet 2 are, great, you had your amazing little journey of self-discovery. You don't understand how fucking big and scary this world is. It will eat you up. You are meaningless. Your little personal journey is nothing. <laughs> right. Everything is out there trying to kill you. Yes. And in both cases, I feel like the first movies are like a classic, like young artist journey of like finding your voice, Mm
0: -hmm. like finding
1: your confidence in yourself, building up your craft. And then the second movies are George Miller being like, and then you have to figure out how to work within a fucking industry, (laughs) right? Like like like, go to Hollywood and it's a nightmare. You just can't win. The best you can do is figure out the right amount of compromise.
2: Great lessons. These are great lessons. They're the hard lessons.
4: They're the hard lessons. Yes. What were you going
2: to say, Ben? Yeah, go ahead, Ben. Well, for a kid's movie,
3: it's kind of just so weird and off-putting. Get ready for the big big city. Yeah, exactly. But it also is like stuff that I feel like kids should know and be exposed to.
1: 100%. I am so wildly into this movie. I can't (laughs) believe I had... I had not heard a single person say anything good about it. I had never read a positive review of it. I'd never spoken to anyone who had actually seen it, especially for a first movie that is weirdly beloved. I feel like it had no reputation whatsoever. I greatly prefer it to the first Happy Feet. I like it so much that I was texting with David, despite already owning the Blu-ray that I bought at a discount in preparation for this miniseries, saying, am I gonna double dip and rebuy Happy Feet 2 so I can own it on 3D Blu-ray. You're because I want to see what it. George Miller's doing with that actual dimension.
2: Uh, let's play the box office game. November. <laughs> I, 18th. Say, I,
4: I listened to the first half an episode, so I don't know what this is. It's fine. I'm sorry.
2: Uh, we're going to play the box office game. Griffin's
3: weird and he memorized box office. Like, Oh, oh
1: yeah, I'm familiar them, with that. But but they do not leave my brain.
3: Right. Okay. Sorry. And so yeah, he's going to guess like the top five movies of when this movie came out and got you it. can jump in if you
2: have a guess. Um, so but this yeah. is November 18th, 2011. So I guess uh, it's around Thanksgiving time.
1: It, right around the movie. same time that the first film opened five years earlier, everyone assumed right. it was just like, yeah, of course I guess people want to see another one of these. And then people right. just didn't show up. Um no, was it
2: number it, it, one? No, was it wasn't. Yeah, what else wasn't happening? Well, yeah. that's we're gonna Griffin's gonna try and guess, but it opened to number oh, two at twenty-one okay. million dollars. Uh it grosses sixty-four domestic, one fifty-seven worldwide. Not a complete disaster, but not a hit at all. No, um, hundred
1: and fifty. The first one opened to uh high forties and ended up making like close to five hundred million worldwide. Definitely a disappointment.
2: But number one at the box office, also a new movie, uh, is opening to $138 million. So that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Is it a uh, Hunger Games picture?
2: No, but you're in the right ballpark.
1: Is it a Twilight movie?
2: Yes, but which one?
1: Mm -hmm. Breaking Dawn Part 1?
2: That's right. Weird. (laughs) Uh, Which, yeah, which opened huge, 138. Uh, makes 281 domestic.
1: Big hit. I'm I'm almost surprised. I mean, I guess it's counter-programming, but I'm almost surprised, assuming that Warner Brothers must have felt really bullish about Happy Feet 2 that they would open it up against a movie that big. You would think they would want a weekend they could own fully. I guess audiences are different. Yeah, yeah. that's
2: the old, that's the Thanksgiving approach. There's always a grown-up blockbuster and there's always an animated sure. film. Uh, and I just fig- they must have just figured like, oh, well, we'll be we'll be the animated film and we'll do just fine. And, you know, I don't know. It was, I think the real problem was what you said. It's like, it was old news. Like no one was out, out for penguins in 2000. Like no. that was that was yesterday's no. news.
1: And and Happy um, Feet 1, as we talked about in that episode, opens the same weekend as Casino Royale and they're the number one and number two right. movie in America for like three weeks in a row. But right. Happy Feet is the one that outgrosses the James Bond movie.
2: Correct, mm. um, and this is
1: the opposite. Where like the the Twilight vampires just fucking body the penguins.
2: <laughs> now is it the
4: second? Th- the second is that the second Twilight movie, or is it's it the fourth? Of,
2: the the fourth, fourth Twilight movie.
4: It's the fourth Twilight. Ooh, that's not the good. Fourth, <laughs> the fourth four five. Five. you don't want to get beat by the fourth Twilight. <laughs> no
2: nah. um, Number three, at the box office had been number one the weekend before. It okay. is. a a like ancient action film and yeah sort of in the vibe of like a 300 you know
1: uh is it the one i'm gonna struggle for the title but is it the henry cavill Tarson one
2: that's correct but what's it called
1: is it called immortals
2: yes it's called immortals um the the, the loose adaptation of the myth of theseus starring henry cavill uh number four at the box office uh it's a film that we we might have covered uh had a certain bracket uh winner triumph but he was knocked out in the first round uh it's a comedy oh it's a comedy Um, and
1: and it was in the march madness it was
2: it was briefly in the march madness um and um, hmm,
1: is it a Dennis Dugan say? picture?
2: It's a Dennis Dugan picture. That's is correct. it
1: the motion picture uh, Jack and Jill?
2: That's that is right. It is Jack and <laughs> Jill, which outgrossed Happy Feet too.
1: Oh, pretty embarrassing because
2: that was <laughs> yeah. like
1: one of Sandler's biggest flops up until
2: that point. That was basically when Sandler starts to think about his retreat to Netflix. Like that's this is near the tail end of
1: that was uh, was Adam Sandler can
2: do anything and make a hundred million dollars.
1: That was the first happy Madison to not make a hundred million dollars in over a decade.
2: Right.
4: Do you guys address Uh, the March Madness on this podcast right now or no? We don't address what's happening like in real time. No, we're addressing it in real time capsule. I, it's, it, 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 I, that's, that's my, that's my, uh, well, that's okay, my so emotions w- right now. This, this is sorry a great, opportunity. <sighs> right. well, is a great been, opportunity. How many times has it been? It's been like four years that he, no, he is not.
2: He always I, makes it this far. He makes it this far and no further every single it time.
4: Far. It's yeah. just, but I, I wanna, feel like this, I've, it's unfair. The, 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 the setups every year. I want to open gonna up be, the sidebar.
1: <laughs> okay. Ribbon, for years, you have said the only way I will ever come on blank check is to talk about Pacific Rim.
4: Oh, I didn't say the only. I just said I really. I'm very passionate about Pacific Rim. I think, in a way, a lot of people are. But I just, you know, I, I can't even. I, it would take a whole episode for me to big, go through all my feelings, my emotions wet, about big monsters. wet monsters, robots. There's a big sword. Yeah, there's <laughs> uh, funny little men. Um, Sometimes he uses a
1: boat as a sword
4: they do it's not really they do fling a boat at the kaiju at one point I guess point. they use it more uh, like a
1: bat
4: right the, the casual world I can't even we can't start talking about it right now <laughs> it wouldn't be fair it wouldn't be fair it's like, it's like your
1: favorite cinematic universe is that fair to it's say it's
4: definitely it's definitely my favorite cinematic universe Um. it's sad that they only made one film I would have loved to see more in the universe <laughs> wow. but I agree wow.
2: Pacific Rim Uprising found dead in
1: a ditch <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was called John Right, is forgot. my
4: is my enemy i
1: will say um, you you backed down at some point and i don't want to drag up receipts but i swear at one point at least you said to me i will only come on the show to talk about pacific rim if you want me on the show i, I just feel like del toro uh,
4: that was probably just because i felt like you know you've had some really strong guests and i feel like my cow cal- i'm not up to caliber but i feel like i could confidently speak about pacific rim for i have to strangers I, for several hours. I viewed
1: it more as a bargaining chip, like you trying to force the issue.
4: I mean, you've already told me that, like, unless he wins the bracket, it's not going to happen. So I've kind of, you know, I, I don't like no, to complain. That. I kind of resent, you know, so. But, but
1: Ruben, let me tell you a little story about a certain director who two years in a row came really close in March Madness until we finally had to throw our hands up and go, I guess we're doing him. He didn't win, but I guess we're doing him. And that man's oh, name is George Miller, and we're That's doing right. this miniseries wow. right the fuck now.
4: And That's we've been true. having the internal conversations. That's a good point. I'm
1: not committing to anything, not confirming anything, but no. we keep on but, talking about okay. internally. The Del Toro thing feels kind of similar now. It feels like at this there, point we kind of just. Have it to feels do unfair
4: it. in a way. It feels like you're against monster lovers, and I just you know I just want to put that out there. And monster lovers was, everywhere saying. <laughs> Blank Jack <trick> hates us.
1: <laughs> he was losing against Francis Ford Coppola, and you tweeted out and just <laughs> immediately threw it in Del Toro's favor. Completely swung <laughs> the vote. Yeah, you I, did.
4: I, yeah it's true. I feel I did. Yeah, I feel I feel bad that I manipulated the vote, but I also don't care because I just really want to talk about giant robots,
2: guys. We need to discuss the fifth film at the top five in the box office.
1: Number it's five. an animated the film. The it's an animated film.
2: It's been out for 4 weeks. It's a okay. $122 million Grocer at this point. It is a spin-off.
1: Hmm. Is it
2: Griffin, what's the film? The
1: penguins of Madagascar?
2: No. No, that's later is.
1: Too okay. many penguins. It's a spin-off. Mm-mm. It's a spin-off. It's 2011. It came out in October. Uh,
2: it came out on October 16th. Minions. 28th, sorry. Not <laughs> Minions. Damn This movie premiered on a cruise ship (laughs) I am not joking This movie premiered on the Allure of the Seas Which is a giant cruise ship
1: Is it the film Puss in Boots?
2: Yes And now can you tell me one other thing about this film?
1: Uh, I will tell you I watched it pretty recently Yeah uh, after my anti-Shrek take that then uh, resulted in the Shreckening in which I got dragged by all of the internet, uh, I watched it for the sake of completism and I want to say it is the best Shrek movie. If you can count it as such, Puss in Boots is far and away the best Shrek movie.
2: I feel like it's pretty, It's it was pretty well received. Right, People were kind of into it. It got an Oscar nomination for animated Remember film. Remember that
4: cat, that one cat that's like, ooh, that was a pretty funny cat
1: uh and melby cruz is the love <laughs> interest of the film
2: but here's another thing about this film that you might not remember although you just watch it so maybe you do an executive producer on that film guillermo i was gonna del say toro.
1: yep guillermo del yep. toro sarah literally she was looking down at her desk and david said guillermo del toro and her head sprung up and a finger <laughs> pointed up in the air
4: He's uh, got his little spooky fingers in a lot of pots and a lot of pies, <laughs> making magic happen everywhere. He's a magician. And that is GDT really what I'm
1: interested. was like chief creative consultant on that movie, gets a producer credit, apparently took a pass on the script, like consulted yeah. from a he directing He takes it standpoint. seriously. I mm-hmm. will say you feel his fingerprints on the movie. Like the film feels a little cinematically more sophisticated than the Trek franchise and certainly than uh, most DreamWorks movies. I kind right. of like the film. I will also now admit at this point, uh, I got an email to audition for uh, one of the lead roles in the 10 years later Puss in Boots sequel that is now happening, uh, more oh. than 10 years later. Okay. Did, sure. And I did not send an audition tape because that audition email came in the week after the episode where I dragged Shrek to the high heavens and I got really paranoid about it. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's why you said no. <laughs> I, it wasn't like a, I refuse thing. Cause then I watched Puss in Boots. And I was like, fuck, this is good. And then I just felt like, am I going to look like an asshole hypocrite? That's what you get for dissing Shrek. Shrek.
4: We should have never dissed Shrek, Griffin.
2: Griffin, do you think Puss in Boots 2 is going to be about like Puss is sort of like chilling out and he's thinking of putting together like a retrospective and he starts, you know, uh, smoking heroin just because his back's really hurting. <laughs> there, There is
4: for sure a Puss in Boots 2 already. There's, there's not. They never made
2: one. No, there's oh, some. They made a Netflix
1: animated series. There's some there fucking go. holiday special or whatever. Okay. They held yeah, up okay. on making a proper sequel. I got this audition email. I know what it's about. It sounds fucking cool. There was a character <laughs> that I'm sure will be cast by Made one of for the you. biggest movie Perfect. stars They were like, Hollywood. we wrote this for you, Griffin. <laughs> it kind of felt like it. And I'm sure I will be proven wrong when fucking Will Smith ends up getting the part. But in the breakdown, I was like, this is in my goddamn wheelhouse. And I didn't do it. And I regret it. I think I was overthinking <laughs> it.
2: The other movies uh, in the top five: Tower Heist, Griffin. Mm-hmm.
1: A movie I like.
2: Uh, J Edgar, one of Hollywood's worst I films.
1: Don't like it very bad. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: Who's J Edgar? Herald- I saw
1: that in the theater.
2: Leo. Leo. Oh. Uh,
1: Army Hammer is good in that. He's the best. Yeah, he's oh yeah. yeah. He, he was, was really bad. sad. It, it It features some of the worst old age makeup of all time.
2: Terrible old age makeup. Insane. Um,
1: Insane. Yes. Uh,
2: You've also got a very Harold and Kumar Christmas, 3D Christmas. The weakest of the trilogy. Uh, Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that one. Uh, In Time, uh, what if time was a currency? Uh, We all know time uh, is money.
1: What exactly. this one presupposes is what if money was time?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> and then opening at number 10, the descendants uh in 29 mm. screens opening mm. with a colossal uh per screen average.
1: Mm. Remember when uh, everyone was all crazy about that movie?
2: Yeah, I yeah. never I never understood it. I guess we could do pain. Man. We could do pain. We could pain enter the why. house of pain.
1: That is my jump around. Uh, it is my least favorite film of his. But I like his filmography a lot overall.
2: I would agree. I would agree.
1: Yeah. And and I famously, infamously, stand for downsizing.
2: Well, and that would be the blank check. Mm. That's the blank check.
1: Mm. Have Have you ever seen downsizing, Ruben?
4: I have not seen it.
1: I feel like you might. That's where they the get rare. little. They get really little. They get they little. Get little. You might be the rare person who also likes downsizing. Maybe.
2: I, I have a feeling that that one's going to click for me on rewatch.
1: I think it's a grower. I think I, it's I a really, real Roman J. Israel. I really recommend
2: Matt Damon on Bill Simmons' podcast being like, like unapologetically being like, man, that movie is good. People will figure it out. Like he's not I even like, eh, I guess people didn't like it. He's like, mm, that that one's good. <laughs>
1: And he's like, Griffin's letterbox review was brave. He's an American hero. He was the only person willing to give it four out of five. Um, Rubes, I'm so glad we finally got you on the podcast. Me too. You're one of my favorite people. Um, (laughs) Thank you. And I'm glad that we have finally broken the seal and laid out the track work for the inevitable Pacific Rim episode. And, like,
4: I just want people out there to know, like, you know, I. Happy Feet 2, I'm fine with, but like Pacific Rim, it's just... Hell yeah. I have so much, so many feel. I could, yeah, can't even describe them right now. Uh,
1: Ruben, is there anything you want to plug?
4: Um, I have a website where you can like see my art and buy prints of my art. Uh, oh. If you're interested in that, uh, it's some com. And there's no H on Sarah. It's just S-A-R-A.
1: That's how you uh, be and that's and uh Sweetest Sarah yeah, on social that's media. It. Yeah. And let's let's say the reason why uh I wanted to get you on uh, for one of these Happy Feet movies, I don't know if you're still this is still in the works, but you had told me that you and your beau uh are oh. planning to do a podcast where you only talk about uh talking mice movies.
4: Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully no one steals this idea because we're we're in the process of getting another podcast mic, so we haven't done Great. it yet.
2: You you, you so. have until uh, May seventeenth when this episode. Oh, perfect. Posts, anyway. Okay,
4: then we'll probably yeah. be then. Yeah. So uh, hopefully by May we'll have a podcast um, uh, uh, called of Mice and Movies, and it will be about movies that only feature rodents and mice, uh, which is a lot of films.
2: <laughs> it is. Yeah.
4: I don't well, know why. Movies. So yeah. many animated movies focus on mice, but they do, and it's a wonderful gift. And, you know, hopefully by then on my website, I'll have a link to it if it if it exists. If it doesn't exist, um, please don't take it. I'm sure we'll eventually do it if it doesn't okay. exist by then.
1: <laughs> uh, I look forward to all 500 episodes of your mouse movie podcast. Thank you. Thank
4: you. They're definitely, I mean, you um, know, eventually we're probably going to have to branch out into like rabbits and shit,
1: but. You'll you'll go there eventually. Yeah, yeah, eventually. Um, Well, thank you for being here on the show. And thank you all for listening. And please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to and for for co-producing the show. And thank you to Lane Montgomery for a theme song. Pat Reynolds and Joe Bowen for artwork. Um, Go to com for some real nerdy shit. Go to patreon.com backslash blank check for blank check special features where we're doing commentaries, and at this point, we're probably getting ready to do whatever one March Madness, uh, if we're not already uh, deep into that.
2: Um, Um, At this point, well, we're still, no, we'll still be in our Toy Stories.
1: Oh, well then, even better. You're gonna get to hear us talk about Forky, and you're gonna get to listen to Ben meeting David's fiancé live on mic for the first time.
2: I'm excited.
4: (laughs) I've heard great things. (laughs) The way you phrased it sounded like
1: his fiance was Forky. She yeah, no, that's that's what, he, what he's doing. That is the <laughs> canon on this show. Um, and uh, tune in next week for, of course, the obvious follow up to Happy Feet 2, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, a film <laughs> nominated for Best Picture.
2: Um, re- recorded pre-quarantine uh, with, should we announce who with?
1: Uh, Oh, yes. Yes. Why not? We originally thought we were going to do that episode without a guest because it felt like one of those movies that we sometimes come across that is so big. We just need to tackle it on our own. Uh, But the timing worked out perfectly. And right before all travel uh, shut down, along with the world, truly Hollywood Yoshida herself, the mother of blankies, came back to New York for a week and is our guest on the Mad Max Fury Road episode. It is yes. one of our longest episodes ever, if not maybe yes. the longest we've ever done. It's
3: very long. I think it's the longest.
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, get ready for that. And uh, what fun it has been doing, George Miller It has. Uh, and that's all the stuff I usually say at the end of every episode. And yep. as always... It's a weird title. Yeah. It's a little weird. Like, Happy Arm...
3: <laughs> that sounds so weird. Keep, keep Is it a tap going, dancing
4: term? Like having happy feet? That's what I I'm wondering. I don't think
3: so. I think it's, it's like, like it's <laughs> just ha- like happy chest.
1: Yeah. Happy chest. Yeah. Happy chest? Happy, happy arm was the original title for Bull Durham. <laughs> I don't know. I don't right. know, David. I don't know. <laughs> Why Come not? On, that was good. Why not
3: that give was it good. a that shot. was That's
1: not good. bad.